0: Roger Huey passed away peacefully on Saturday afternoon, October sixteenth, 2021. Eric Iverson writes, He had a several-year struggle with cancer and was in a hospice with his hands held by his wife, Stella, and their children, Rachel and Nicholas. Roger created Jay with Ken and made major contributions to APL, but all that has been farthest from my mind the last 24 hours. What I think about is the joy I saw when watching Ken and Roger together. I remember Ken telling me how Roger asked if it would be okay to bring his girlfriend to dinner with Ken and Jean, and how they were surprised by the coincidence that her name was Ken's mother's name. No one was surprised by the integrity and soundness of the family that he and Stella made. Yes, Roger was a coder extraordinaire, but what was more important is that he was a rock-solid good person. His calm and measured way in life and in his last years should be a model to all.
1: Welcome to another episode of ArrayCast. My name is Connor. We are going to go around and do short introductions. We'll start with uh, Adam, then go to Stephen, then go to Bob, and then we will uh, jump into a couple announcements and then move on to chatting with today's guest for a little bit of a different episode.
2: I'm Adam Botsevsky. I'm a lifelong uh, APLer and uh, currently a full-time APL programmer at Dialog Limited.
0: Hello, I'm Steven Taylor. I've been an APL programmer since forever, and these days I'm the KX librarian. And I'm Bob Terrio. I'm a J enthusiast, and I've been uh, working with J for uh, 20 years, Um, but I'm not a professional programmer, um, and that's my story.
1: And my name's Connor. I'm your host for ArrayCast. I'm a C++ professional, or I develop professionally in C++, but I'm a huge uh, APL and Array Paradigm enthusiast. So I think we are throwing it to Adam for a couple announcements, and then we will um, hop into our discussion with today's guest
2: uh, in a bit of a week from today uh, is going to be dialogue twenty one user meeting It's free and open to all but requires registration. link will be in the show notes and then there is going to be a memorial service
1: for Roger Huey um, and the same day that this is being published. and I think yeah, we should we should just mention the dates in case you are not watching this the day this comes out. I believe dialogue twenty twenty one the conference it's two days and it's I believe Monday, Tuesday, November eighth, and ninth if I have that correct. Um, so if you're if you're listening this to a week after it's released, it's probably only a day or two away, and I think you can register up until the last moment. Um, it's completely free. it'll be streamed online. And so, yeah, definitely recommend folks that are interested in uh, APL, Dialog APL, or just the Array Paradigm in general, checking that out, because it's, um, it's definitely an awesome resource. With all that being said, as you heard off the top of the episode, um, Roger Huey passed away very sadly. And we decided that today we were going to sort of reflect on Roger's life, um, read out a few different things that people have sent in in the sort of J programming community. And we had originally planned uh, to have on Morten Kronberg, the CTO of Dialogue APL, who has at multiple different companies worked with Roger Huey. So we thought it was appropriate uh, to keep him on. And um, he's definitely going to be sharing um, a lot of what he knew about Roger from working with him and um, just knowing him over many years. So yeah, I think we will um, throw it to Morten. You can do a brief introduction of yourself and then we'll hop into discussing, um, you know, Roger
3: Huey's life. OK, well, I'm Morten Kronberg. I'm the CTO of Dialogue Limited. So I'm, Gita's my boss, if you heard the previous podcast two weeks ago. Uh, I've been at Dialogue for 16 years now, I think. And for the last half of that, I uh, had the pleasure of working with with Roger. He, he did a lot of work for us that we'll be talking about. Um, there is one comment that I had prepared for for the, the topic of, that we were going to that we originally had uh, that I I still want to make, and that's yeah. Thank you for having me. The, the Arraycast is absolutely awesome. Um, I've been in the Array language community now I think since 1979, and I learn something with every episode. I don't know how you keep it up. I hope you I hope you manage to to keep going. Having said that. Um, the one thing that sort of worries me a little bit about this is, uh, knowing Roger, I, I, there's a suspicion he would have been somewhat annoyed by by us ha- arranging this uh, podcast to talk about him uh, rather than concentrating on important work, uh, the work that he was passionate about. Um, in the the three years that he he struggled with his his health, he did everything that he could to downplay the seriousness of his condition and 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 just keep it from becoming a topic, I know, both with respect to his duties at work and and at home. But I do know that um he did contribute uh, tributes to both John Scholes and Dan Baronet when they passed some years ago. So I suspect um he will forgive us. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, on a day like this, I'm also reminded of John Scholes, who, who passed, I think, about three years ago. And, and he would joke, uh, as Roger often did, but uh, about his condition. John would say, yeah, I mean, he was worried that um, when he got to the pearly gates and he had to give a, an explanation of what he how he'd spent his life, all he'd be able to say was, I worked on this one program all my life and I nearly got it to work. Uh, Roger had higher expectations, actually. He expected the Galactic Emperor to be enough of a nerd to want to see some code. Um, And Roger often referred to the need to impress the the Galactic Emperor with, with, um, with code and that this was part of his motivation for really working on refining the language so that we would all be able to write what he called monument quality code. Um, and I'm pretty sure that meeting went well. Uh, I'm convinced of that. On the um, on the J forums, in response to to Eric's uh, announcement, there was one uh, message from Rob Hodgkinson that I found really characterised uh, Roger really well. Rob writes that uh, Roger was clear, firm, intelligent, decisive kind and gentle Uh, and i haven't been able to come up with uh, i I think that that just uh, describes roger perfectly Um, of course getting the balance between firm and decisive and kind and kind and gentle right in an email can be interesting as you discussed with uh, gita in the previous podcast and the difficulties of of communicating tone and so on in in electronic communication and um, Rob also goes on to say, oh, funny how this reminds me of both Ken and Roger alike. And yeah, some of us did get into trouble uh, You know, with the, the rope that had been extended to us in discussions with Ken or Roger. Uh, you could easily reveal that you hadn't thought quite enough about the topic and then they would kindly and gently put you out of your misery, I think uh, um, it's fair to say. I I did find that Roger was nearly always right although I was I was essentially his boss for for the last 8 years I think in that time I only very few number of times dared to take decisions going against his advice for commercial or other reasons and in every case uh, I'm still worrying that uh, it's going to come back and and bite us uh, at some point in the future Roger was utterly reliable if he said something would be done then you, you could count on it. So I actually worked with, um, in the same company as Roger, IP Sharp Associates, uh, nearly 40 years ago, but it took us quite a while to, to get together and actually work on, on a project. Um, so Roger was in the Edmonton office and I was in the Oslo office of IP Sharp Associates. And I'm trying to sort of imagine how different that really is to how people work these days when a lot of people are working from home. But we sort of we felt fairly isolated. We were in these one or two, maybe three person offices spread out uh, across the world. We typically had somebody with some commercial sense and then one or two more technical people whose job it was to go out and restart the data concentrator, which was... um, Uh, held our offices together through these, through modems and leased lines. We were lucky in those days to have kiloboard lines uh, uh, keeping us together. And um, Gita explained a couple of weeks ago that she imported me to the, the massive Copenhagen office where there were five or six people. And um, perhaps I can tempt you and the listeners with a story about uh, pre-internet online romance for a for another podcast um, if you invite me back later. But Roger was in Canada, I was in Oslo, and later in Copenhagen. We never worked on the on the same projects. I was very young. Roger was already working with Arthur and uh, later Ken on on various projects. Um, and of course, IP Sharp came to an end pretty much. Uh, Reuters acquired um, IP Sharp Associates. IP Sharp was, uh, yeah, maybe I should explain that. Not everybody knows that. The, the IP Sharp team was involved with IBM, the first APL implementation, implemented the first APL interpreter, and then had a license to run time sharing on it and uh, connected customers together using this time sh- global time sharing network. Anyway, Reuters acquired uh, IP Sharp essentially for for the databases, and those of us who were software people were all regurgitated at that point and went off in different directions. And uh, one of the things that that we did, the Copenhagen office, was we we developed the tooling side of our our business and created an SQL interface that we managed to sell to pretty much all the APL interpreter vendors, and that eventually got us connected back to, to Roger. Um, We went to the APL conferences every year, build the network and maintain it. And then as a result of that and the work we'd done on on relational databases, we merged with this British company called the Datum Software, uh, where I became the CTO and and KIDA managed the Nordic sales and support operation for what was a a business intelligence system, financial planning system. And the Datum Planning was, was based on Dialog APL, but had at its core, a little engine written in C that managed large arrays that were too large to fit in the APL workspace because the APL workspace had a, a pre allocated size, which was not really ideal for uh, a general purpose business intelligence product. And at that point, we realized it could be a good idea to go back to our ex IPSA colleagues, uh, Eric and Roger, who were now running J software and see whether we could replace the code, the C layer with the J interpreter, which we knew didn't have this um, um, limitation of fixed workspace size. And in addition to that, we had the idea that we could fund the development of a sparse array implementation in J. So a datum software funded the... um, the sparse array implementation in j and that i think is the first time that i got to work with with roger Uh, i was his customer they we were they were working on enhancing j for us and and later as git explained the datum was sold to to cognos and eventually we joined dialogue in 2005 Um, and at that point dialogue was i think there's a small team of about five or six people and fortunately what we were able to do at that point was to talk to the customers and point out that we needed to um, to replace the existing development team we needed to hire a whole bunch of of young people to grow the development team and to offer new services increase the service levels um, etc and Fortunately, the, the customers of Dialog at that point decided that this was really a good deal. It was, it was gonna be much cheaper than, than uh, what, what they had started planning uh, as an alternative. And so over the next few years, uh, the Dialog team grew very rapidly. We had, we had the revenues to, to hire new people into the team. And in 2008, I got an email from, from Roger with a rather cryptic subject line business proposition and uh, fortunately it was all in lowercase so I didn't delete it on red and that was the start of, um, of a of a really happy time I have to say at Dialog. The next decade we had uh, John Scholes and Roger Huey working together driving the language design uh, at Dialog. So we had John with his defuns and other functional ideas that were coming into the mainstream of dialogue APL at that time. They had really been very much an experiment um, until that point, and then we had Roger teaching us the joys of uh, first axis emphasis and bringing in various constructs from J and, and Sharp APL. Of course, those were not. It wasn't entirely accidental. Kid and I had been at Sharp in the in the late 80s and in fact Ken had started uh, publishing the work that eventually led to Jay at that time so we we were actually quite keen recipients of this so for the next yeah for the next decade Dialog just put out a release uh, about once a year and you can see we started off uh, really carefully Roger originally in his email his business proposition was that he speeded up some things in dialog apl that he had he had asked us whether he could have a free copy of dialog apl at that point uh, it wasn't free so he had to ask and uh, we gave him that and he quickly came back and said you know you could speed up this that and the other thing um, he was very careful never to use any of the j source codes so he played you know with the with the straight bat as they say in in the UK, Uh, but obviously many of the ideas were were reused. So he speeded up uh, matrix multiplication, Boolean scans and reductions, and then we just had this one little language feature that came in the the table function, comma bar, which is like Ravel, except instead of always giving you a one-dimensional array, it gives you a two-dimensional array as first baby step in the direction of, uh, of first axis emphasis. And then over the next few years, we gradually brought in things like the identity functions left and right, short arguments to take, drop, and index, which is more first axis emphasis, which to me is still sort of the main uh, realization that's in J that that we should all really sit up and and take notice of. and from there on, we you know we had extension of dyadic iota to higher rank arrays, which again is a natural um, result of first axis emphasis, rank and key operators, tally function trains, uh, where an interval index, and so on. And always Roger would propose these ideas from from Jay, but we wouldn't necessarily bring them in. Um, unmodified and, and often Roger would go off and ask on the J forums whether there was experience from their use that suggested they should be done slightly differently. Um, so not not all of the features are identical in in Sharp a- sorry in, in Dialog APL and, and J. Um, we got got a lot of that stuff done in those 10 years. Uh, there's still a couple of things missing. Uh, we recently did over on a top and unique mask but there are some 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 there is some unfinished work um, under an obverse etc we can maybe talk about those in a in a different uh, episode it's not that relevant here rational numbers uh, there's still many things that Roger worked on that we that we would like to bring into dialogue APL so the the thing about this that that really makes me happy is that with Roger's help we were actually able to repair some of the wounds that opened up back in in 1983 when the APL community split into the the sharp APL side of things which um, which then also included J and the APL2 side and now we have uh, you know we have the best of both worlds we understand the benefits that that came from both sides of that and um much to my surprise working with Roger he really loved the defense i was expecting that he would um he would be a hardline tacit programmer but he's actually very keen on on the ta- on the on the defense and you can see that in um Many of the operator uh, special cases the um, the key and um, stencil where the left operand can be a user-defined function roger was actually more interested in optimizing little defense than he was in, in little tacit definitions so that was that was a, a really great period where roger helped us so much um, and i think together with john scolds created a foundation from from which I think APL can really start to grow again. Um, then, of course, finally, uh, after in fact, after he um, after he was diagnosed with his illness, uh, we were invited to to write, or he was invited to write a paper um, on APL at the History of Programming Languages for conference, which was supposed to be held about eighteen months ago and was uh, postponed and uh roger really threw his his heart and his soul into that and uh i i was invited to join him with that i did you know I, i did some of the work but roger really did all of the heavy lifting um i think if you if you read the paper you'll see it's fairly obviously the work of two authors one who's talking very seriously and fundamentally about timeless language enhancements and one who's uh, writing down recollections of history in, uh, in a more chatty style. I think it, it sort of worked, um, uh, but Rod, Roger's part is, is, is really the lasting part. And um, I'm really grateful for that opportunity, um, the fact that Arthur and KX.com supported the work with the grant, and above all, that Roger was still in pretty good shape in June of this year and, and uh, managed to do the presentation himself at Hopple. Um, and Roger was also, um, I think it's worth saying, Roger was really happy that he was able to figure out that one of the anonymous shepherds on the paper was Guy Steele. Uh, and he felt that Guy really asked all the right questions and significantly improved the quality of the paper. And, um, and that was just a few months ago. And that's, that's really the, the story of, uh, a co- collaboration with with roger which has been a, a joy all the way through and i think i'll take a little break there so we can talk about it
2: i worked for for many years at that together with, with roger and not always closely with him on various projects but we often had discussions about uh, theory and, and design and i also had the uh, the great pleasure on working on a project we called total array ordering or at least almost total um and again a paper that where the bulk of the work was done by, by roger but the design work behind it was was a group of uh, roger and jay fode and and myself and the process itself is very valuable. It in, involved hundreds of emails back and forth. Um, and Roger was passionate and he was respectful at the same time.
3: And and he was very careful, right? And, um, you know, I, I briefly mentioned the, the fact that we didn't do dual or under, right? And that's because, you know, partly because we had some Some unresolved uh, issues about it where, you know, you sort of had Roger, you know, the old timers, the conservatives on one side saying that the structural under and the, and the mathematical under, which are combined in BQN should really be um, separate and the young, the young hobbits, the hasty hobbits wanting to move forward faster. And, um, I think it's 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 a really important principle in design that you take the time to have these discussions, the hundreds of emails that you take all the input and, um, and, you know, if there's dissent, I know the, the original APL 360 team, I think it's documented that they had this Quaker consensus goal always that if there was anybody who felt unhappy, well, then you just went away for a little bit, took a break and, and came back later. And, um, and Roger was really good at, at that, bringing out everything because he knew so much.
0: Um, and and one of the things, I think it was in the Hopple video when I was watching it, Roger talked about the difference between a language designer and a programmer and saying that when a programmer makes a mistake, it's a bug and it can be fixed. Whereas with a designer, <laughs> if you make a mistake, <laughs> you're going to be living with it for a while. And uh, And then that, to me... A lot of times when you see the languages of develop and things, you think, is this too conservative? But then when you think about it that way, you think, no, everything that's brought in needs to really be thought out. And that's one of the, I think that's one of the traits that Ken and Roger brought to the process of, of APL and then J was it wasn't just about throwing in the newest thing. They were, they were not add-on as much as they were. If, if something didn't make sense, they were more likely to take it away. And and that was, you know, shown in recently the tacit modifiers came back in J. And I was talking to Eric about that, um, you know, what caused that. And he was saying to me that, well, it was something we took out because we couldn't support it. And there was really only three or four people at all that were even using it. And it was too much work. And so we just said we took it out. But he said when we took it out, we left all the hooks in place. So then later... And it was actually, you told me off this podcast, when Henry said, it's not coming back. He said, at that point, Henry thought to himself, did I really say that? And then Eric and Henry talked together and went, you know, we could bring that back. More people could probably, and then they did. But it's one of those things that they they actually would subtract before they would add. And if they added, they added very carefully because they know how important it is when you're designing something like that.
2: Yeah. And Roger was really, really careful. Uh, He... When we were designing this this total array ordering, he wanted to make sure that firstly that everybody understands exactly what's going on, every detail, every implication of it. Make sure everything is consistent, which is a problem we see in in programming language design. Things end up being not consistent or even contradictory. And but uh, you, if if I wanted to, if I should add another word, I think to all the adjectives that Morton listed, I think careful is is maybe worth adding.
3: He was very careful and i very frequently wish that we had been more careful and i would love to take some things out but we we cannot <laughs> unfortunately i mean that that's that's the curse once you have an installed user base um but that's a, that's another another discussion maybe
0: when when we had heard about roger's passing henry rich was kind enough to um To include something that he'd written down. I'll read it from Henry right now because it fits right with the programming and Roger's approach to it. Henry writes, I shared only a few words with Roger face to face, but we exchanged hundreds of emails. They were almost all technical, so it as a programmer that I remember him. No one has influenced me more than Roger. I encountered Roger when we were both in our early 40s. By that time, I had developed a very high opinion of my own programming ability. But as the years went by, it became clear that Roger used APL slash J with greater skill than I could achieve. He said it was just practice. But after many years of continued practice, I have to differ. As it turned out, I took over the code for Roger's J interpreter about five years ago and have spent most of my time since working on it. Surely, no one has studied Roger's code more deeply than I have. It is characterized by elegance, brevity, and perfection. The design matches the need perfectly, without exceptional cases. The coding has a minimum of repetition owing to the use of very well-designed set of macros and by implementing many operations in J itself. Each individual function is coded in just the right order with no wasted effort. Even as parts of the J interpreter are recoded for modern CPU architectures, Rogers' design remains as sound as ever. It is said that no man is a hero to his valet. Well, in programming terms, I am Roger's valet, and he's still a hero to me. And having spent time talking to Henry on this podcast, I think everybody understands that Henry's a rather exceptional person as well. And to have people like that contributing to a project like Jay, and and in Roger's case, APL as well, or Dialogue as well, um, I think we 're all very lucky that that they they have put their effort into these things because you know they don 't have to <laughs> they don 't do it because they you know they have to they do it because they wanted to they did it because it was important and and we all benefit from
2: that it it reminded me this was that Henry was saying reminded me of something Roger said about himself in regards to cannibalism that he no, nobody studied Ken's writings more than what Roger did. Roger wrote up, digitized a large quantity of um, of Ken's writings and, and spent all this time studying with Ken and just observing. Uh, again, it, it shows this carefulness and, and well, yeah, hopefully Roger's Direction is being kept. you seeing Henry seems to be in the same kind of style as what Roger was to, to Ken.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things that came up through the again, the Hopple video, as you, I don't know if you remember this, Martin, you were referring to to a book, and I think you asked Roger if he'd already entered it into the, the J Software Essays or, or the uh, library there. Yeah. And he, whether he'd scanned it and put it in. And he says, Well, I. Didn't scan it. I keyed it all in.
3: Uh, he worked so hard, um, but not you know not unnecessarily. I mentioned features and things that he added to Dialog APL, but of course he also increased the quality of of the code that he often replaced. And um, something we spend a lot of time on is optimizing code. And Roger had this very. Uh, strong rules that well, if you can't make it at least twice as fast, it's not worth the added complexity and, and work and the, the risk associated with it. Whereas in the past we'd you know we'd often gone and tuned things to get an extra five percent or ten percent.
2: Um,
3: Roger conserved his energy and 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 the quality of of the resulting code. Uh, it's amazing.
0: So one of the things that comes up is Roger is a writer as well. And um, Chris Burke, who's spent a lot of time working on the JWiki and setting it up and and the essays and those kind of things, uh, wrote this. Um, I knew Roger for more than 30 years, first at IP Sharp and then working with him at J Software. It was a great privilege to be part of the J team with Ken and Roger. When I think of his life's work, it is not just for the development of J and APL systems, but also for an outstanding collection of essays and papers that Roger worked on quietly for many years, right up to the end. His essays alone were a major reason why the J-Wiki became so successful. Many a time I've referred to them to see how Roger would solve a problem. A recent effort that reflects his deep understanding of APL is the Hoppel 4 paper on APL since 1978, jointly written with Morton. Despite his outsized talent, he was easygoing, modest, and unassuming with others. He and his family became friends with us. We were fortunate to live reasonably close both in Toronto and Vancouver, and in recent years, we were able to meet up at his home, or for dim sum at his favorite restaurant. He enjoyed games and was a mean Scrabble player. My son shared his birthday, and they always exchanged greetings. He will be sadly missed by all of our family. And that's from Chris Burke, who's uh, now currently is is working with Jay and and uh, does a lot of work with the forums and the infrastructure. And oh, I can't even imagine all the things that Chris does. <laughs> I'm sure at some point I'll find out. But I think uh, Roger actually did a lot of those things before he moved over and and shared his talents with Dialog. So uh, there's been a lot of people I think that have tried to fill Roger's footsteps and uh, and and. Have have probably done really well, and and probably figured out how big those footsteps are.
3: Yeah, I mean, in the long term, that work may actually be the most significant. Um, I mean, I know that that you know when Roger got his diagnosis, he shifted his focus uh, from coding to making sure that that the archiving work and the right you know the writing of the APL since 1978 paper and so on. Um, because you know, all code will eventually be replaced by by some other code. But Roger really believed that reading those documents, I mean, he read both the old array language text, he read Donald Knuth, he, you know, he he devoured papers about different kinds of algorithms for searching and so on. He was incredibly knowledgeable. And then he sat and thought about these things for ages. And that's why everything that he did um, was so good. And um, and yeah, he worked on this o- over the decades and ramped it up um, at the end. He also um, collected anecdotes about EPL people, and uh, and those are also really worth uh, worth reading as well. I have the huge problem now that I used to, you know, if I needed to verify some historical fact, I would just drop Roger a line, and he'd be back in thirty seconds, and saying, you know, so, aiden falkoff said that in you know 1978. Uh, it's embarrassing when he says um <clears throat> you can read about that in this paper called apl since 1978 by, <laughs> by Huey and cromberg um yeah I mean, it's hard to remember 100 pages of, of stuff right um one of the things I'm actually you know hoping we can do this winter uh, we have quite a few new folks at dialogue and I really want to to organize some kind of reading program over the winter where we'll sit down and and go over Roger's collection of both things he wrote and and his his collected papers and read them and make sure that the um uh you know the the new team who are going to carry this legacy forward are well versed in this because I think it's it's really important that we we bring the history with us I think it's one of the best ways we can honor Roger and and make sure that his his work is carried forward
1: yeah one one i i mean i mean of the i think all of us here i'm the only one that never met Roger personally but i've already um been impacted by his work and uh, as morton said um the the documenting that uh, Roger did um just, just I think it's been announced or, or we talked about this in the last couple episodes is that I've been trying to hunt down like the history of um, tacit programming um, in the form of trains that shows up in both J and in Dialogue APL. And um, there's the difference between two trains in in J and dialog APL. in, in J, um, a two train forms what's called a hook, which corresponds to the S combinator in combinatory logic. And then in Dialog APL, it corresponds to just basically uh, composition or what's known as the B Combinator. And I had always sort of thought that the APL model was better, but um, um, also viewed J as sort of APL 2.0 and, and Ken and Rogers, or Ken's second project, uh, which Roger obviously was the main implementer of. And so I, I could never figure out, you know, reconcile the fact that Y is. Why is this idea in J, uh, but it's different in Dialog APL? And sure enough, through my research, I found a paper that Roger had written in 2006 called Hook's, Hook Conjunctions Question Mark. And we'll throw a, a link in the show notes. And he explicitly says in that paper um, that uh, sort of trains were first introduced in, in J, not in APL. Um, and after 16 or 17 years from when they first introduced it, um, he had come to the decision that uh, using a hook for a two-train was a mistake, um, which is then why when they showed up in Dialogue APL eight years later, uh, you can infer that, you know, they went with uh, the B-combinator or just composition. Um, and if it hadn't been for that paper that Roger had written, which it's a very short read, it's like, you know, you can read it in a minute or two. Um, so it's, it's you know, probably wasn't a ton of effort for Roger to do, but the impact that it has on me, you know, trying to find the answer, you know, what's the difference um, I'm sure there's a few people that at dialogue APL that if I, you know, had access to them, like Morton said, I could just, uh, p- ping them a question on, you know, uh, instant message or something. But yeah, the, the papers that Roger's written, um, are, are answering like, you know, explicit questions that I have in my head. And that's, that's like as a, a history of sort of programming languages, nerd, but also, you know, it's, it's important to inform like what was the motivation between design, um, decisions and differences, um, uh, I just think it's it's the, the impact and um it's it's immense and and it's it's so uh useful to be able to go back and have this sort of history of documents and and uh you know motivations. Um yeah, it's 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 fantastic that he emphasized that as a part of what he wanted to focus on.
2: Yeah. Do you all know that uh Roger was a prolific contributor to Wikipedia? Yeah way over 4,000 edits on Wikipedia, and it wasn't just about APL. Sure, I mean, his most edited articles are about cannabis and John Skulls and, and defense, but all kinds of other things he was busy with as well. There's so many papers, and, and even the list of papers that is on the J software website doesn't include all his essays that are part of the JWiki that
3: i don't know a good
2: way to even find them but
3: yeah so adam when we do language design in the future we're going to have to do this kind of thing i mean sort of an art that was was very much practiced back in the 80s right i mean i remember going to apl conferences in the 80s where iverson and Bancard and jim brown would be you know arguing about these things and they all wrote them down these days there's a tendency just to go and do stuff and then um that, that's something I feel is really important that we hang on to with a new team, which is why I want to go and read this stuff. And uh, and we must continue this tradition of of collecting it. I don't know whether the APL wiki should consider moving the stuff which is on JSoftware to a different location or whether JSoftware is really a, a fine place to keep it. And that's where it all is right now
0: you guys are blowing my cover right now because Eric's been talking to me about trying to do some stuff with JayWiki. So it's going to be one of the things that I've gotten in my um, area of concern, I suppose, over the next couple of months. And I'll have lots more to talk about, but those are the kind of things that we're certainly looking at to see how we can best make use of all this information that's in there. Because there's a tremendous amount of information and one of the things when we say essays, you know people think, well it's a written out essay, but a lot of Roger's essays are are almost like what I think of as math papers. You look at them, they're three pages long, and it probably takes you about a month and a half to read them because you have to work your way through them and then write like you go, "Oh yeah, no, this is really easy um, there's a There's an essay in there I was reading last night called the eighty eight Hats problem," and it it's, you know it's a question you've got uh, eighty eight people in a room. I can't remember exactly what it is. They've got numbers on their hats. The numbers can be the same. How do you ensure that at least one person writes the number of their own hat, even though they can't communicate it and they can't see their own hat, no mirrors or anything like that? And and you think, okay, well, that's pretty simple to explain. And and two lines into it, like for one thing, it's a difficult problem to come to grips with if you don't, there's a spoiler. And if you do get to it, then you get, okay, this is the solution. And it's like, Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, And it's, I, I ran across the same thing. Well, there was a lab that Roger did on Catalan numbers that I turned into a video series. And, and part, you're thinking, okay, this is easy. It's like step, 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 look what we can do. And then suddenly there's this extra step and you realize what's happened is he's spent, I don't know how long he would spend for it, but he, there's this a, a huge depth of thinking that goes on and it's like the professors that write on the board, you know, as can be shown, and then bang, there it is. And then you work your way back through it, and it's all there. But it's these essays are, they are challenging, which is amazing, because you don't usually think of essays written that way. But Roger's style of writing is a deep style. It makes you think. It pushes you. And that's, I think, what makes him quite unique in what I've seen in terms of teachers, is that he... I don't think there's too many people who can read what he's writing that aren't challenged by it, uh, at different levels. For me, it's, it's over my head and it's, it's weeks before I really let things sink in and figure it out. I'm not a deep enough thinker for that. He is, I'm a, I'm, I'm a surface guy. You know, that's why I do podcasts. (laughs) I
1: I will say, uh, just to contrast with what Bob said, like, I, I agree that many of the papers, not just written by roger but just by the apl community Ken, you know from back in the 70s and 80s they read like academic papers but uh they're in my opinion the most readable academic papers i've ever read in my life because the sort of uh language that they are using is apl or it is j and that's like what you program or code in um and so like i you know i've had that you know trying to read some academic paper on, you know, linear algebra and just just you have to read it like six times just to digest, you know, 50% of it. Um, whereas there's many times where I read the phrasal forms paper from 89 or the hook conjunctions paper from, you know, 2006. And it's literally like a single pass. And I understood exactly what they were communicating um, because it's, you're reading when it comes to like a little math diagram or some, some, you know, symbolism um, it's it's an APL or an outer product that you're looking at, and you can just read it. And like, if you are, have learned enough about it, you can just execute it in your head, and see the result on the page. And it sort of maps. And um, so yeah, the the papers and the essays uh, that have come out of J software and the array community at large, in my opinion, um, are are the most readable sort of form of academic papers I've ever read, um, which is a huge testament to the the work that yeah Roger and and Ken did.
0: But they are very much academic papers because they're very precise, and they yeah. uh, they, I, I find they go to great depth. Um, as I said, you can you can follow your way through it, but they are not they're not skims. At least that's not what the way I I look at them. They're they're well thought out, and they're um, as I said. The communication is very clear. That's Roger and Ken as communicators. In fact, one of the again, I watched the the, the video last night, and there there was a question posed by one Connor Hawkstra, I think, who uh, who was asking about uh, combinators. Amazingly enough, all this time ago, and question about combinators and whether this was a combinator and, and whether this was the S combinator and 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 why they decided to use the phrase trains and. Rogers said he found phrasal forms a bit scary in terms of, of vocabulary. Trains were a lot easier to deal with, and he he rode one practically every day. So that that there was very much about keeping things really simple. The language being very simple and straightforward, um, so that I think that also contributes to the ease of reading. Is that they aren't throwing a lot of jargon at you. Although, I mean, to be fair, they're making some of this stuff up. So they're making up these words that stand in for other words in other areas, but they're all often very simple words. They're once defined. You're not trying to... um, I don't know how to speak German, but my understanding of German is quite often they conglomerate words together, and that isn't the way that a lot of Rogers writing goes. It's more about taking a simple word making it stand for something else and then using a simple word all the way through.
1: So I feel like maybe we should ask for some inside knowledge or some, you know, personal or, you know, company anecdotal stories about, about Roger for the last, you know, 10 or so minutes that, uh, I'm not sure if there's any off the top of folks heads, whether that's from some conference or, um, I'm sure there's, there's some, you know, tribal lore, uh, that's only known amongst the inner J community or array community.
3: Yeah, I mean Roger. Roger wrote all this stuff down, right? I mean, one of the interesting things. I mean, Roger's a very funny guy. You know, Rob had was clear, firm, intelligent, decisive, kind, and gentle. And and Gita and I were were looking at that, and saying, "Yeah, that's actually perfect." But actually, he's funny. Roger is really funny one of the problems was, uh, you know his his humor is so dry. I mean, it's like his writing. it's so precise and so on that very often um, you know it, it sails over the head of ninety five percent of the audience. they They didn't get the joke, although it was very carefully planned and executed. It's still and and um Roger's uh, daughter Rachel, noticed this, I think, watching some of his recordings, and she suggested that he. Try to tell some ordinary jokes, and that's why one of the papers is this one called "Jokes We Told Each Other." Uh, so you know, there's the anecdotes about Ken and, and various other people in the APL community, but there's also a collection of jokes of, of, that that Roger told, uh, exchanged with with his family and his friends, uh, for use in presentations and and other situations as well. Um, and and Gitter said, Well, you have to also say he's a gourmet, right? Because uh, although although again Roger would joke and he says, Well, I'm on a seafood diet, he loved puns, right? So I see food, I eat it. Mm-hmm. Um but in fact I was I was so fortunate Canada opened its borders a month ago to vaccinated travelers, and I I I was able to go and see Roger about a month ago. And, uh, of course, I came home with a to-do list of stuff I should do and and a not to-do list. Uh, And two recipes for Gita, uh, because Roger remembered the meal she cooked um, at the Dialogue Towers, as we call it jokingly, in Basingstoke, where foreign guests are are put up. So we also have two recipes now that we can remember Roger by. Um, It's going to be great.
1: Do we have the jokes we told each other?
3: paper Uh, it's on jsoftware.com so i presume it's it's uh, we can link to that as well Uh, okay what is that one The, the one that made roger really happy because he told it to his daughter rachel when she was four how does it go what does silly billy call his pet leopard right is it you have it in front of you stripe i think and then he asks rachel uh, four years old. What what does Silly Jilly call her pet zebra? And Roger writes, and I was so happy that she immediately, without thinking, Russ responded, Spot, um, which is kind of like an empty array joke, uh with with knobs on backwards. <laughs> you have some more, Bob.
0: No, I was I I read that one and I thought that was really cute that, that he was so impressed that she at that age could yep. catch on to what he was saying and then flip it and um, as a you know as a dad that's that's the kind of thing when you see that your kids do that you just you know it's it's it just makes your you know you feel like your heart's gonna blow out of your chest because <laughs> it's yep. just like wow exactly. this is this is uh, this is you know there's there's that's a really cool little human being in there. And and, then I can just that whole story I thought was so nice.
2: Roger like, like making jokes on on in pop culture and commenting on on current events and past events. Uh, He he was the one that that wrote up we have it. It's a blog post, we'll link to it uh, called APL puns, where he uses uh, APL symbols in various Humorous ways, often relating to Star Wars, um, and I'd also like to read something that he he wrote. Um, he he sends a link. We can put that as well to so some oral histories from NASA, and then he and then he writes according to the above, NASA used to have a division called Space, and of course the head of the division is the director of Space. They then reorganized and created a division called. The universe whose head is director of the universe so i'd been wrong for years instead of showing my best code to the galactic emperor i should show them to the director of the universe i hope the galactic emperor would be amused
0: and that story you you told near the beginning morton about the meeting the galactic emperor i think one of the things he in one of his writings he he writes about uh euler's formula and the fact that presented with the galactic emperor he would he would hand yes euler's formula to the galactic emperor and they would look at it and respond respect
2: right this is actually one of the things he was busy with at the very end one of the last things that he was doing and in that formula in uh, it comes up the problem of uh, multiplying by the imaginary uh, unit, and um, J has a built-in function for this. It can either, either monadically it uh, just multiplies by by i, or diadically it adds the left argument to i times the right argument, and it's symbol in j is a j and a dot um i know Roger very much likes this this identity and i don't know if that's why it's called j dot this seems like a special name in j but so we had some discussions back and forth regards to um to assume what would the symbol for this be in apl if or and the question is should it apl have uh this function built in and the uh, you also came up as a discussion with uh, the guy still who's uh, supervising this uh, EPL since 1978 uh, project, and uh, I can I just look now on, on the J Wiki he he actually has a lot of edits on tiny little images of symbols that could be appropriate for this so. Uh, yeah, attention to detail. That the that when eventually he presents this formula written in APL to the Galactic Emperor or uh, the conduct of the universe or whatever it might be, uh, then he wants every symbol to be as as fitting as beautiful as possible.
0: Yeah, I was looking through the wiki last night, and um, he has over twelve hundred uh, contributions edits to it. And what's really interesting is he'll. He doesn't often contribute onto other people's wiki pages, but what you see happening over and over again, as you know, he comes back to something he's written maybe three or four years later, and he'll come back and add to it and refine it. And so it wasn't just about you know, his expectations maybe of other people to think more deeply, but he, that was his practice. He would come back and look at something he'd written and go and it's it's little stuff like changing a character or changing a colour or this is more clear and and he'd he would be refining all the time to make sure that what he was putting out there was as 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 you know high a quality as it possibly could be and uh it's it, it's it's humbling to to see somebody's writing that way to to realize, you know, how much time and effort and thought goes into what you put out, and then how important it is that you communicate to other people accurately, because that's something. The, I mean, I guess if I, I don't recall whether integrity was one of the list of Rob Hodgkinson's attributes, but it's certainly there in spades with Roger.
1: I have a huge grin on my face right now because I'm, uh, I'm reading through these APL puns. <laughs> and uh like there's two different there's a bunch of different sections but um one of them is sort of uh like representing little quotes um like for instance row 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 your boat is uh three rows and then the string your boat which is pretty simple um but then there's hold on hold on, hold on wait you know where this comes from right Row, 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 you're bowed gently down the stream.
2: No, no, this is something which Stolman Stallman uh wrote a long time ago and it there's there's a whole text for it.
1: That's
3: Oh right, yeah. Stallman wrote a whole poem.
1: Pretty sure Stallman didn't write that poem, uh so what what are you trying to say? <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. Yes he did. Yes he did. What?
3: I remember something about Stallman writing that being a line of a poem that, that Stallman wrote. You must find it.
2: It goes like this: row, row, row of x always equals one. Row is dimension. Row, row, rank. APL is fun. Stolen. one.
1: So. <laughs> oh, so not the original row, row, row. Your bow poem. No,
2: no, no. So this AP, the APL version, uh, the APL version of it, and so that's so. So it is true, right? It's true that that row, row, row of any array is always one, right? And so that's why, that's where. Roger picks it up from. That's row 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 your boat. Your boat is a string. Is row one. row row
0: of your string is one. Okay. It's
2: yeah. a yeah, it's a yeah. vector, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Any array would have given Th- one These different.
0: are the rabbit holes you go down with, with Roger. <laughs> you you start to find out things while you're while you're how laughing.
2: <laughs> yeah. You would take it all the way.
3: And then we need to understand what it is about Edmonton, Alberta, because uh, Norwegian Iversons came there, Hong Kong, Hueys, Whitney's, I guess, from Ireland. And as a result, Roger has influenced J, APL, and K, because he also talks, uh, you know, communicates a lot with Arthur. So uh, Roger's had a fundamental impact on so much in the array community.
1: and all from edmonton for those for those that aren't local to canada uh or you know aren't familiar edmonton and alberta edmonton's well, i actually could get this wrong pretty sure edmonton's the capital of alberta might be is that right okay bob my fellow canadian is uh, nodding his head and uh Alberta's one of the provinces in canada so um, it's right next to british columbia where where bob is located and where i grew up um
0: and and edmonton is is fairly far north not super far north but for a major canadian city it's very far north and um as a result it's got very cold weather so um i think well i have a i have a feeling my my parents were both prairie people they both my mom came from saskatchewan my dad came from edmonton actually in alberta and um there's a oh, I'm trying to think of how to put it. There's a culture, I think, of of Canadians who've lived through cold weathers generation after generation. And, and, and a lot of the things I see in the array programming languages, and I don't think it's only Canadians, but I think cold climates tend to build very strong communities and a, a very strong sense of reliance on each other. Um, and um, my sense is the family I grew up with had that kind of an ethic. I just, it, it was like, you know, fish swimming in water. You don't even know you're in water. You're you're a fish. You've never known any different. But as you get out into the wider world, you see there's a lot of different ways of looking at things. Well, the array programming community, to me, at least the older array programming community, it's always evolving, and it should evolve. But the older array programming community always had a really strong sense of its culture and people working together. It is very collaborative, Um and you don't always see that with programming languages because people who are really, really smart don't always work together that way. And they seem to a lot of times in the array programming languages.
2: Roger just had his last kick at me. I was stupid. I, it, says, it says in the list of APL puns, uh, it's turtles all the way down. And there's an expression that I Pasted it into my APL interpreter and it put my in, APL interpreter into a tight spin I can't get out of because he <laughs> I mean, literally says it turns all the way down but it, it says execute turtle gets quote execute turtles quote. <laughs> i <It's
1: laughs> just stupid, but Roger, you, you got me. Yeah, this I'm, I'm probably going to make a YouTube video, um, on this at least parts of this article the th- the part that made me smile the most is when it gets down to uh basically creating glyph compositions of glyphs or even just single glyphs that represent star wars characters <laughs> and so the little comment character uh which it's hard to describe it sort of looks like a stylized a um is R2D2. It's a single symbol. And then down towards the bottom is Ewok and Wookie, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Which is like one's a small circle with two dots on top of it and one's a big circle with two dots on top of it. And I may or may not just start referring to those symbols as Ewok and Wookiee um uh for kicks because that is <laughs> that is hilarious. Originally they were called Paw and hoof.
3: Mama Bear and Baby Bear and uh Hoof and paw. And,
1: what? Uh, oh man, is this in an article somewhere?
3: Yeah, they've had all kinds of names. Oh, I I don't know. But I mean, now you have a way to describe what the APL comment symbol looks like. Looks like R2D2. This is
1: fantastic. Paw hoof. <laughs> I like. I, I got to say, I
3: like. And each is cl- each is just claws. Right?
1: Oh yeah, that makes sense because it's just the two dots. Oh yeah. Are there we'll have to have a we'll have to have a special episode where we just talk about because um, that was I know there's another article to mention of Rogers uh, his his favorite APL symbol which is the uh, yeah Logarithme. logarithm which is a circle with the power symbol which in APL is a star uh, so you can think of sort of like a five prong star inscribed in a circle which you might think how does that represent logarithm but if you think about uh, the profile of a log cut um it's not exactly because you're gonna see rings instead of a star but it's somewhat uh symbolic of as soon as you someone it's one of those things where as soon as someone points it out it's not something you're ever gonna forget that oh yeah that is kind of like the profile of a a log cut um so yeah maybe we'll have to do a a special episode of the it seems like there's a lot more i don't want to say jokes but sort of um yeah, the the meaning or the nicknames of all the different symbols. Um. It also but there's so much
2: detail in it about the about the, the log symbol, right? The, it connects the logarithm connects uh, power exponentiation with all the circular functions, right,
3: as one should be. Yeah.
2: And, and so it's a circle and the power together. <laughs> and Roger was very engaged in these kind of things They had to be had to be right. So uh, uh, Connor, for your information, when you, you use ride, you can type backtick backtick hoof and backtick backtick paw.
1: That'll work. I think I think we need to add Ewok and Wookiee now too. Um, can do. I think I think that's really uh I think that's really the future of the array paradigms. Now that I I'm all excited about combinatory logic, but I think what we really need is Star Wars uh, references so that people can go backtick backtick uh Ewok who doesn't want to type Ewok and see a little Unicode symbol pop up maybe we should actually make a oh my goodness I just, I have the best ideas um I apologize for the hubris but we need to get little emote actual emojis of like little Ewoks and Wookies. I'm sure they already exist out there they've got to be um and that we can just replace those in in some ride editor version where you type a comment and you see a little r2d2 symbol um, Do you remember
0: what I said about language design? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, there's a reason Roger was in, was uh, was doing it, and not not someone like me. Yeah, yeah,
0: or me because I'm the same <laughs> way. Oh, I could play with this, right? Um, but you, 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 when you're doing those things, you're you're playing on a foundation that's so solid that you can play that way with it, which is the magic of it. Oh my it's goodness!
1: You, you, imagine if we went and replaced all of the. Combinators with the birds as well. We changed the the little uh, Ewok symbol, which is also the B1 combinator. We changed that to a blackbird. Oh my goodness! All right, Adam, we got a side project we got to work on. Um... I'll log an issue.
3: I think we may be straying from today's topic a wee bit oh. No,
2: no, look, look, this is, Roger is alive. <laughs> he's with us. He's, You're right. He, his article on, on puns is contributing right. to the interface. It's, it's very much making sure Roger is alive. He would be laughing. He will be alive. He, yeah. he will be with us for sure. Yeah. He's not going anywhere.
0: He's consistently drawing us down the rabbit hole of deep thought, no matter what we read of what he's written. We've, he sucks us into us, makes us think about things, and we come out the other side transformed. It's quite impressive.
2: Yeah, my interpreter just came out on the other side, transformed into Works before. It was turtles all the way down.
3: So it found the last turtle? Is there a bug? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't It wasn't turtles all the way down, is what it's telling you.
2: No, no, it was, but it says it can't handle another turtle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that's good.
1: Uh, well, I have I have to say, if um. Yeah, if 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 ever I if someone were having a podcast uh, to to remember me and it ended, uh, with people laughing uh, due to an article that that I had written, um, I think that would that would put a smile on my face. Uh, so yeah, pot- potentially this is the the best way to end it is is us joking, about an article he's written on. Uh, APL puns, but just clearly, you know, having fun and being passionate about what you've you've spent your life working on, and and that inspiring others and making others, you know, in the best cases, you know, laugh about what you've done. Um, which is, yeah, he's he's definitely put a smile on my face today. And I'm not sure if we if we want to close out with any last sort of statement, or um, if there's anyone that wants to say anything, or we should just leave it there.
0: He, he's going to be remembered for an awfully long time, like. I feel, in the future, he's going to be one of those people that we knew about, but the wider world didn't know about. But in the future, the wild, wider world's going to know about him. Because that's that's the kind of... Those are the kind of things he was thinking about. Those are the kind of things he was doing. He will have a lasting impact on our world, which is really... You don't meet too many people like that. You meet people that are popular now, but... Popularity is different than a lasting impact. I really believe he's going to have a lasting impact.
1: Yes. On that note, uh, our one last announcement is that our our next recording of a Raycast is actually going to take place live at, I believe, the second day, the last day of the dialogue uh, 21 conference that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So if you do end up going and signing up for that, um, you do have the opportunity. We're still ironing out the details, but there there will be the opportunity to participate in some form, whether that's just as sort of a live audience member. Um, I think there'll be some form of a Q&A. So if you've got questions that you want to ask, uh, you should be able to do that. Um, but yeah, in order to do that, just head to the link in the show notes to register for the dialogue 21 online conference once again totally free um and you don't have to you know attend the whole thing if you just want to pop in for a couple sessions or just specifically for that recording you're more than welcome to do that as well um yeah and i think with that we will say happy array programming happy, happy array programming. programming.